Welcome to Government Love Bot. The only podcast whose official stance is that Joe Biden is not a good Uber driver. And I'm Nick. And I'm Tyler. And I'm Dee. Nice. Alright, we got it. Guys, welcome. We talk podcast. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're good at this. We are John Podcast. John Podcast. <laughs> yeah. We invented. <laughs> Each of us That's... is one letter in the name John. Um, uh, but the, the name John is still spelled J O H N. We're just not going to tell you uh, who the last letter is. It's just going to make you guess. We're just yeah, it's just going to be that's that's the secret. <laughs> There's been a fourth co-host this whole time. He's just very quiet. <laughs> oh shit. Uh guys, anybody have anything they want to talk about before we jump into things? Oh, I just want to apologize that I was sick last week and I am slowly working sickness out of my system. Mostly good, but just have bit of a sore throat and being a bit stuffy. So sorry hey, if there's no any problems. Hey, no problem, brother. 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 Uh, yeah. Um, I don't think I have anything now that I think about it. I guess I've just been, uh, like over the past, co- uh, over the past week, I've been playing a lot of, uh, uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game. And I've realized that, uh, there was a phenomenon in games recently, and I don't want to go too into. I don't have like a whole lot to say about this, but it's just kind of this phenomenon in games that I just call like the TikTokification of games, where somebody will see a TikTok of somebody memeing in a game, like doing a joke or like fucking around in a game, and then like everybody starts doing it until the joke stops being funny. Uh, so like a big thing with Text Chainsaw Massacre is people, um, using uh. There's like a system where you can stun the killer, uh, and it's supposed to be like a latch, last ditch effort, or like to give you a chance to escape or help your friends or whatever. But people are using it to basically stun lock the killer. Um, and uh-huh. they like it's a meme on TikTok, so now everybody's doing it, and it's like okay, it's funny the first time, but then when everybody's doing it, like every game, I'm getting stun locked, and like nobody wants to play Leatherface because it's so because they're that's the killer they keep stun locking keeps unlocking Leatherface, but there has to, somebody has to play Leatherface in every game. You know, there's three killers, there's two that can be anything, but one has to be Leatherface. Um, I'm pretty much the only person who plays Leatherface. Uh, (laughs) like, I I always play Leatherface. I like playing him, but it's just also like, I I wish people would, um, realize that the joke's kind of not funny anymore. (laughs) And it's like, okay, let's play the game normal now. It's more fun that way for everybody. Kind of yeah, understandable. Gotta I mean, meta like the game, bro. If somebody shows you the best strat, you gotta beat that strat to death with a horse. But the worst part is, is it's not a strat because, like, they stun like the killer. They don't escape. They still die. They just they just ruin my time. Like that's the part that kills me. It's like it's not like it's not even helping them escape. They're just being di- they're just being dicks. And it kind of all started with um. The me the da- the California girls uh meme out of the Friday the Thirteenth game, where like the somebody's getting stabbed by Jason, dude runs up, starts dancing, and that shit's funny as hell. But like, 
also, like, now that's all I see from Friday the 13th. Every game, like, people are just running around dancing. They're not even trying to escape. And it's like, like, at what point do we, like, play the game? <laughs> like, please? Don't you know? But, games are not supposed to be fun. You're supposed to win. Yeah, really. It ain't about win. It's about ruining your day. <laughs> uh, uh, D, how about you tell? How about you tell us something that doesn't ruin our day? Uh, I mean, it will ruin your day. I'm so sorry to tell you this. Oh uh, no! Because my topic <laughs> is the Halloween movie series timeline. Um, oh no! We, touch, we we touched on it last episode, uh, and I wanted to go back and like and, and like really discuss what the fuck happened here. Uh, because there's so many timeline splits. Ready to hear about it? I am so ready. I literally just watched a video on this, like, uh, like a couple days ago. I'm so ready to talk about this. Uh, yeah, it's stupid. So yeah, we start. It is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, we we start with Halloween one in 1978. It's a it's a. I mean, like it's it's a horror master. Everybody knows that. Everybody agrees. Uh, you know, it's a Carpenter movie. It's good. I mean, not every Carpenter movie is necessarily good, but like, it is good. Let's, uh, let's get that out of the way. Uh, uh, and then uh, we we already have a timeline split. Uh, I'm gonna touch back on that in a minute, but just know that from movie number one, already a timeline split. Wait, really? so this is Legend of Zelda? Yep. <laughs> There's a timeline split after one? There is. That's there is. weird. I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna, keep going. It's going to be one of the last things I touch on, though. Okay, uh, okay. And then we have Halloween 2, in this first, like, we'll call it this, we'll call this Timeline 1. Hol- timeline 1, uh, you get Halloween, then Halloween 2. Uh, Halloween 2 comes out three years after one. Different director. Uh, it's bloodier. It's gorier. That's notable. And uh, it sort of keeps the franchise momentum going. Uh, Carpenter did not want to come back. Did not want to make the same movie again. Uh, and he was kind of sold on the idea that Halloween would be an anthology series. Which is where we get another split in the timeline. Uh, in the form of Halloween... Three, which is not related to any of the other movies. This comes out the year after Halloween 2. It's called Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. It's actually not a bad movie. You should go watch it. Everybody talks shit about it because Michael Myers is in it. But honestly, it's it's better than Halloween 5 and 6. But I'll get back to that. Um, Yeah, so completely unrelated to the rest of the movies is Halloween 3. Michael makes a brief cameo like on the TV. Other than yeah, that. the the movie Halloween is a movie within Halloween three season of the witch. Yeah, that kind of fucks with my head a little bit, and I don't like that. It's literally like there's timelines for Halloween, and then there's Halloween three season of the witch just chilling on its own fucking island. Yep, yep, all the way on the side. Uh, we actually see another timeline split from Halloween two though, uh, in the form of H two O and Halloween Resurrection. Two more movies that I'm going to come back to after I get to timeline one. We'll call this this timeline timeline two. We'll come back to that. 
so after Halloween 2 in Timeline 1, we have Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, comes out in 88. Uh, and we see an interesting thing here in that Michael Myers becomes a supernatural enemy. They kind of touch on it in Halloween 2, because he, like, gets shot in the eyes and explodes and comes back anyways. So, clearly something's fucked up with him. Uh, but in Halloween 4, they really cement into place that he is a supernatural being. He's no longer a human that is, like, just bent on killing people. He is, like, a spiritual entity. Uh, and it, it, it's actually a really interesting shift in the dynamics of horror movies that you see. It's not just they needed to uh, find a reason to keep bringing Michael Myers back. Definitely, definitely related. It's definitely something that they were trying to do. It's tangential. Um, it's tangentially there. Yeah, it's it's for sure something that they wanted to do. Uh, but more so the reason you see such a big shift, uh, really in the late 80s in general, to supernatural-style horror villains is because after, like, the they call it like, the golden age of horror cinema, uh, a lot of people were not happy with how, like, bloody and gory and just over-the-top and dark horror movies were getting. So to give them a spin in the direction of, like, the whimsical, the, like, unbelievable... Uh, you start to see like you start to see like Freddy Krueger, who is like a, a a nightmare demon kind of thing. You see the Leprechaun movies. You see Candyman, and you see the 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 witchcraftification of Michael Myers. Uh, in this timeline, uh, 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 Laurie Strode dies. They kill her off screen uh, because. Nobody wanted to keep making Laurie Strode movies, apparently. Uh, and then uh, the 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 sort of the, the the mantle of person being chased by Michael goes to uh, Laurie's child, uh, and then that happens for three entire movies. I guess I should say two movies, and then she dies in Halloween Six: Curse of Michael Myers, the final movie. In timeline one, uh, this one is considered to be one of the worst Halloween movies ever made. Uh, it's bad. It's 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 real bad. Uh, it it really gets a little wacky with the witchcraft stuff. There's a cult involved. It's just it's a it's a bad time. Uh, and it kind this of is... killed Halloween. This is the one where Michael gets beat by rocks, right? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, they make, like, a circle of rocks on the ground, and it's, like, super magical, and it, it makes him, like, freeze. Yeah. And then they, and then rocks. when they, and then when they, they changed it, because the focus groups didn't like it, and it just changed to Paul Rudd beating his ass with a pipe. Uh, this is not the worst way that Michael Myers has, has been beaten in movies, though, and we That's will true. get to that. We will get there. Uh, alright, so that's the end of, uh, of Timeline 1. Kind of killed the series for a minute, uh, because nobody was really sure where to go from there. Uh, and luckily, uh, the actress that played Laurie Strode, uh, for whatever reason, I love her, I can't, for whatever reason, my mind won't, uh, let me think of her name. Uh, help me out here. Oh, I don't know. I've seen one Halloween movie. Oh no. 
What is it, D? Say it one more time. Uh, the actress who plays Laurie Strode. I love her. Uh, Jamie oh, Lee Curtis. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh my god, it. I didn't know it either. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah Jamie Lee it. Curtis. Her mother was in Psycho. I did know that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the Michael Myers movies, I think it was four. I think it was four. It might be Resurrection, but she dies super early in the movie, like a surprise death early in the movie, which is an homage to her mother, who had the same thing happen to her in the movie Psycho. Doesn't save the movie, it still sucks, but it does happen. That's an interesting piece of trivia. It is a very interesting. You're welcome. Uh, you want want some more trivia before you move on? Since you were talking about four, five, and six. Yeah, no. Hit, um, hit four, five, and six are the return of Michael Myers, the revenge of Michael Myers, and the curse of Michael Myers, which is also the name of Pink Panther movies. Uh, the return of the Pink Pan Pink Panther, like the return of the Pink Panther, the revenge of the Pink Panther, and the curse of the Pink Panther. <laughs> I don't oh like my god! That. I don't oh my god! So so you can call four, five, and six. The Pink Panther trilogy. The Pink pa- All right. Okay. So we'll call that the Pink Panther timeline then. Does that make? Yeah. Sense? It's either that or the Thorn timeline because of the Thorn symbol, but that's lame. It's the Pink Panther trilogy. <laughs> yeah. No. Let's go with the Pink Panther trilogy. Uh. Yeah. Uh. By the way, really quick, Jamie Lee Curtis up there with Joan Jett in terms of badass bitches that I love. Absolute queens. I love them. Yes. Yeah. Uh. All right, back to Halloween 2. Let's talk about timeline number two. Uh, we, electric we see Boogaloo. The, the electric Boogaloo. We see a split. It goes This timeline goes Halloween 1, then Halloween 2. And then we get Halloween, H2O, 20 years later, which was kind of considered to be like a little bit of a revival for the franchise. Uh, Laurie Strode is not dead anymore. We, uh, we cut to uh, her... Uh, as like a like a jaded like kind of psychologically messed up adult uh, who has a son instead of a daughter in this timeline at like a prestigious boarding school type thing, uh, and they have to defend the school from Michael Myers. Uh, it's 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 considered to be like one of the better movies, uh, and there were like kind of high hopes for half a second there. Uh, and uh, and then Halloween Resurrection came out. So at the end of Hall of H two O, Laurie Strode like kills Michael. Uh, but they wanted to bring Michael back. So at the beginning of Resurrection, they say, "Never mind, that didn't happen." And then because of, of a contract thing, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis had to come back and like be in Halloween Resurrection for like five minutes or whatever. And she gets. It the, is resurrection. What's that? Resurrection's the the psycho reference I was talking about. It's resurrection. Oh, okay. All right, I got you. I got you. Uh, yeah, yeah. She she dies right in the beginning of the movie. because uh, of like a weird contract thing, she had to she had to be in it for a couple minutes. Dies right in the beginning in a psych ward. Uh, and then the movie gets fucking wild because it 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 it, it plays on like. Early two thousands reality TV trope. Uh, there's like a like a spooky horror reality TV show. Uh, and they're they're doing an episode in the Myers house, and it makes it makes Mikey Myers real mad 
Uh, so he goes and he, he kills them all. Uh, and he also gets beaten in this movie. Would you like to know how he gets beaten in this movie? I think I remember, but please tell me. He gets the shit kicked out of him by Busta Rhymes, who yeah, is the host what... of the reality TV show. <laughs> and oh. B- Busta Rhymes is playing himself, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. I mean, he might be playing a character, but he's he's basically just Busta Rhymes. He's Busta Rhymes. Canonically, Busta Rhymes beat Michael Myers. I'm sorry, so, like, you we have put that to know into, like, this. perspective. Can we put that into perspective? That's like if they made, like, a new Friday the 13th, and the end of the movie is Jason losing because LL Cool J took a baseball bat to his knees. No, I can't see <laughs> that, actually. Yes, yeah, you know, I take that back. Please don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. Friday the 13th. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. It's also the second time Michael Myers has lost because somebody just beat his ass with a pipe. Because, like, that's the same thing Paul Rudd does in the one cut of Halloween 6. Yes. Yeah, you're right. So, like, uh, why why is he so weak? Like, in H2O, for comparison, in order for him to die, he needs to get his ass beat by Lori, stabbed, shot, put, like, crashed in a car, and then hit with another car, and then stabbed again in order to die. And then, and then in Resurrection, he gets his ass beat by Buster Rhymes. Uh, yeah, Michael's only weakness is actually getting his ass beaten with a pipe and or Buster Rhymes. Uh, that's a true fact. You have to, you have to live with that knowledge. I'm so sorry that this, that you have to learn this. So anyways, Resurrection fucking killed this series. I don't think that's a shock to anybody. Uh, it's, it's, that one is the worst movie. There's no doubt in my mind. It's just bad. Uh, same director as the guy who directed Halloween 2, by the way. Uh, I, I don't know, man. You fucked it up. I, it's bad. You dropped uh, the ball. Kicked it away. Uh, Alright, so new separate timeline time because they decided to reboot the series. In 2007, they gave the series to Rob Zombie. And he made Halloween. 2007. Uh, it is okay. I really liked it as a kid. I still really like it in its own right. Um, a lot of people have some gripes about it. I can see, you know, I, I can see what they're saying. Uh, I think it's all right. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think the same thing about Halloween 2, which is up there with The Curse of Michael Myers and Halloween Resurrection. Uh, with bad Halloween movies. It is... There's an extended dream sequence. Everybody is insane and has, like, a, it has, like, something wrong with them now. It, it's, 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 it's not a good look. Uh, Rob, I know you tried. I know you were burnt out. I think you should have... I, sh- I think you should pass on the movie. Uh, so yeah, that killed the series again. This is now the third time Halloween has died. Uh, four if you count Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Damn. Uh, uh, yeah, we went another nine years before we got another Halloween movie. Uh, that Halloween movie 
is the start of Timeline 3. Uh, the Halloween 2018 timeline, uh, which pulls from Halloween from 78, uh, and now starts a new timeline. Laurie Strode is back and alive for a third time. Wait, did you mention the second Rob Zombie one? Did I just, like, yeah. blank for a second? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I talked about... I think they uh, kind of... I think they kind of blended together in my mind there for a second. Yeah, they're it's 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 not good. Um, the, yeah, Rob Zombie's an odd, an odd man. Yeah. Cool guy. Yeah, I, I bet he's all right. I bet he's not like his okay, name. so this is where I was confused, right? I thought that the the 2018 Halloween timeline you're about to talk about, I thought that picked up after Halloween two, like H two O did. But you're saying that it picks up after. Um, after Halloween 1. Correct. It picks up after Halloween 1. Because at the end of Halloween 2, Michael m- maybe potentially dies uh, by being burned alive. Uh, in Halloween 4, in the, in the first timeline, the Pink Panther timeline, they, they explain it away by giving him some like light burns. And they're like, yep, that's how he, he just got a little burned up. That's all. Uh, but in uh, in Halloween 2018, uh, it's expressly that after the night Michael comes home, so the original movie, Michael's captured and put in an asylum. Halloween 2 does not happen in the timeline. They make no references to it. They they basically say, that didn't happen. Don't worry about that one. Okay. So in this timeline, it goes Halloween 1, the original Halloween, then Halloween 2018, and then the two other new movies, which were Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends, which came out in 21 and 22, respectively. Uh, and that brings us up to date with the current Halloween timeline. I actually haven't seen. Uh, I saw, like, part of Halloween 2018. I have not seen 21 or 22. Uh, I was having a hard time. I saw the last one. You saw Halloween Ends? Yeah. I saw 2018. Uh, I was having a hard time like finding something watch them on that didn't involve think... giving somebody my money. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I think they're on Peacock. I have Peacock I... open. I can tell you while you talk. I hate the cock. I hate Peacock. Uh... Oh, I love the cock. <laughs> All right. Big cock I'm gonna write that. I'm going I'm to write that down in the quotes app. Or in the quotes please do. App. Yeah, please do put that in the um, Halloween 2018 is and Halloween two, the original Halloween two are on uh on Peacock. Are these really the only oh and Halloween three season of the witch? <laughs> Halloween three season are these of the really, witch. Are these really the only ones on here? That's what a weird collection. Wait, hold on. This can't be the only ones. Oh my god, they are. It only has two, three in the twenty eighteen one. That's bizarre. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're, they're all kind of scattered. There's some, like, rights things going on, I think. Uh, it's I, the same I thing Jason that. just got out of in Friday the 13th. They just got out of all that rights shit. Oh, yeah, that's right. There was some dispute. Uh, yeah, fucking mess. But, uh, yeah, to, to bring my to bring my, my thoughts to a close here on Halloween movies, uh, I've heard that Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends weren't as good as Halloween 2018, and that the series might be a little dead again. I don't know if that's true. 
Uh, um, I I saw Halloween Ends, and the way I I think the best way to put it is, there's no fucking way they could make a sequel to that and bring back Michael Myers based on how that movie ends. Like, there's no fucking way. And if they do, nobody's gonna like it. So, like, the next time they make Halloween, if they if they ever do another one, they're just gonna have to reboot it. Like, it's like that's just kind of how it goes. Oh, maybe they um, should get like a notable horror director, like Rob Zombie. Oh yeah, shit! That'd be a great idea. We have to wait until twenty twenty seven, and then we could call it uh like, like H two O R Z, Halloween twentieth. Yeah, Halloween like the twenty twenty years later, Rob Zombie. <laughs> All right. So uh, yeah, that, those are my thoughts on uh, the Halloween timeline. And how insane it's gotten. Uh, I didn't know any of this when I was a child and fell in love with these movies. Uh, I didn't know that there was a timeline split. I didn't know it went like this. I didn't know it was going to get this weird. Uh, and uh, I think I'm done talking about Halloween for a while. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Forever. Until Are you week. telling me that this is how this is how Halloween ends? This is a Halloween end. Oh. You gotta get a good chortle in there. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Tyler, Tyler, Tyler. I, I got this. You ready? I got this. Yeah, right, Halloween has aged like a fine ham that you left in your refrigerator too long and then ate and got sick on. <laughs> that, wasn't the, that wasn't the transition I was going to go for. I was going to go for uh, franchises that are terrifying and are one word that starts with H. Fuck. Okay. Both are pretty good, though. I also had ham for dinner, so that, that's pretty apt. I so, ham. Yeah, I don't typically eat ham either, but I didn't have another choice, so... I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm so sorry for you not liking ham. I know, right? Uh, so... My topic for today is a television show that I had to watch, or that I wanted to watch because my friend Joey, who's been on the podcast, friend of the show, uh, because it was a it was a show he was watching at the time, and he was like, "The show is so good. The show is so good." And he had previously watched The Sopranos, which uh, is a good show, and he watched another show before that that was a really good show, and I was like, oh, "Okay, well, I'm gonna watch this one." And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it or whatever. Because he was also saying how it, was, it reminded him of Law & Order Criminal Intent, which, as fans of the podcast may know, I fucking love that show. So I was like, oh, hell yeah. What is it? It's House MD, the medical drama starring Hugh Laurie, and, oh boy. Uh, huh. Yeah, so House is... One of the worst things I've ever had to watch in my entire life. Uh, I don't like this show. I don't get it. Like, I, not that I don't get, like, what's going on with it. I don't get why everybody loves this show so much. And I need to talk about it. Because this show is fascinating. So, when I, I, I watch this YouTube channel, this is going to make sense in a minute. Uh, so I watch this YouTube channel called Wrestling with Regret that does wrestling reviews. 
and they were reviewing this one wrestling show and they described it as this show is what it feels like to have ADHD. And um, House MD is what it feels like to have bipolar disorder. Uh, because every episode is either the best fucking thing you've ever seen or fucking garbage. And then, like, every once in a while you get, like, an aggressively mid-episode. And it is, like... Aggressively mid. It's kind of amazing how, how, like, how this show works. So I guess, let me explain the premise of this show. Right? Um, so, House MD is is a story about, uh, um, uh, the Princeton Plainsboro Hospital, which is a, uh, teaching hospital so it's where like med students will like go there and it's like a normal hospital that they work but they have supervision right okay i'm picking up Um, what you're putting down yeah so uh with so the person who runs it is this woman named uh cuddy c-u-d-d-y i forget her first name off the top of my head uh but she like runs the hospital and she has a department of diagnostics, which is specifically for like really weird cases, and it's run by a man named Dr. Gregory House. It's played by Doc, uh, Dr. Hugh Laurie. No, it's just played by Hugh Laurie. Um, and Gregory House is a uh, 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 he's a he's a drug addict, pretty much. Um, <laughs> he is addicted to Vicodin, pain pills, um, because he has a fucked up leg. It's an infarction. I don't know what the fuck that means, but he what? has that because yeah, it's a, it's a real thing called an infarction, which is like some sort of like thing where like basically his muscle tissue is dying. Like it keeps dying over and over again. Uh, and he was supposed to get it amputated, but he refused to amputate his leg uh, because he's a stubborn bastard. Uh, and now he lives in constant pain because his legs fucked up. So he walks on a cane and he takes Vicodin like it's fucking candy. Um, and, uh, so he's the head of the diagnostic department. And the one thing you'll learn about House is that he's a fucking criminal. Like, he's just straight up a criminal. Uh, before he goes to jail, too. And after. Uh, which, yeah, we'll get there. Um, yeah, House is a, is a fucking criminal. Uh, pretty king, king of medical malpractice, if you will. Um. Cuddy even says at one point that she every year she has to put back thousands of dollars to pay a lawyer for whatever Gregory House gets himself in trouble. Uh, you're going to find yourself asking the question, why does Gregory House still have a job? And uh, my answer is going to be I couldn't tell you. Uh, what? Sorry. Uh, no, what the fuck? No, but, but you see, but House isn't the only one there, right? House got his, House got to get his team, right? He's got, he's got to get his team together. But uh, before we introduce his team, I want to introduce his best friend, um, who is just kind of there. Uh, his name is Wilson. He is an oncologist, which means he deals with cancer patients. And he's basically uh, the opposite. He's House's only friend. And he's basically the opposite of House. Whereas House is, like, super pessimistic and, like, a, uh, like a fucking narcissist and all this shit, uh, Wilson's just kind of a nice dude. Like, he's just a casual, like, cool, nice guy. Um... He's had, like, three divorces or whatever. Uh, but other than that, he's a pretty cool guy. He's a pretty cool lad. Um, and then and then we introduce his team. Now, he has a couple teams. But this is kind of, like, the, his main first one. 
and the one that appears throughout like the show. And it is Cameron. Uh, she is girl who is nice. That is her, that is her character arc, uh, for the entire beginning of the show is that she's the nice one. Uh, she's not as pessimistic or as much of an asshole as the other guys can be. Um, House literally says he hired her because she's pretty. Um, and she has a crush on House for like the entirety of the first season, which is weird because she's like half his age and he's her boss. Uh, and the show seems to not understand that that's weird. Okay, alright. So, so far you promised me medical malpractice and also hostile work environment sexual harassment. Oh, sexual harassment's gonna be a theme, man. That's a theme. He makes sexual, like, really rude sexual comments at Cuddy all the time. Uh, Cuddy gets him back sometimes, but, well, I'll get to, I'll get to that shit later. But he says, he, he, sexual harassment's kind of, kind of his forte. It's kind of how House rolls. Uh, House does not like women. <laughs> House uh, is very misogynistic. Uh, and I can't tell if that's supposed to be funny or taken seriously. And I think the answer is yes. Um, it's, you're supposed to find it seriously funny. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. So he has uh, another member of his team is my personal favorite member of his team, Foreman. Foreman is the black guy. Uh, that sounds like I'm being racist, but that's how the show phrases it. He's the black guy. Don't like that. Don't like that they, no, that they uh, phrase him like that. They yeah, like they, that. They kind of, he basically like, yeah, he's basically the black guy. Anytime they want to talk about anything like race related, they're just like, well, we got to put Foreman in there. Uh, oh, fuck. But jokes oh, aside, Foreman's, but jokes aside, right? Like it's like as, as weird, as weird as it is. Foreman's actually pretty fucking great because Foreman uh, is one of the few characters who will actually kind of give it back to House. Like if House says some shit, he'll say shit back. Um, and Foreman's just a uh, like a pretty cool guy. Like for instance, like sometimes House will make like weirdly like like he'll make like a black joke or something, right? But and at first you're like, oh, that's weird. But then Foreman immediately like gets him back with like some sort of comeback, and it makes it funny. Like it makes the exchange work because at the end Foreman comes out on top. Which once again, get to the we'll get to the problems with this stuff later. But uh yeah, so there's Foreman. He's pretty cool. Um he uh like he comes from like a like he has like a strained relationship with his brother, and he tries to do things by the book, but like everybody tries to make him act more like house. Um he's way more independent than everybody else on the team. He's great. I love him. Um and then there's Chase. Uh I wanna punch him in the face. Tell us how you really feel. Chase, uh, first off, Chase looks like Nick. I just want to express that. It's season one. Whoa, this is an attack on my my honor. I just want you to know, Nick, that you're the good version of Chase. I just want you to know that. You're one of the good ones, Nick. You're one of of the good... No! You're one of the good good Chase lookalike, Nick. No. Exactly. Um, I can't believe you've done this. But, uh, Chase is a piece of shit. Um, he's arrogant. He's an asshole to everybody. He's cocky. And his whole thing is he's, he's, well, first off, he's Australian. And second off, he's really attractive. So he gets all the bitches. And that's supposed to be funny, I think. <laughs> um, 
in it, like, I don't know. Like, it's just like, like he's, he's insufferable. He's so annoying. And the show keeps trying to make him the main character. Like, they keep trying to tell him, like, this is the, he's going to be the next house. And it's like, no, he's an asshole. Like, he is such a dick to everyone. And he's insufferable in every story he gets to. And he is, he has the worst example of the villain of the week trope, which is this thing that started that Law and Order SVU likes to do too, where every week, because it's like every week's a new case, right? So every week they'll bring in a new case and it'll be like, oh, this case is like a homeless person or this case is like um, somebody who doesn't speak English or whatever, right? Something like that, right? And the show will throw a dart at a dartboard and it'll hit one of the main characters. And they're like, okay, this character is going to be an asshole and like super prickish to this person this episode. So every couple episodes, it'll be like, hmm, the patient's homeless. Um, Let's see. Oh, it hit Foreman. Foreman doesn't like homeless people. Uh, you know, cause, uh, but typically at the end of the episode, it's like Foreman learns his lesson. He learns that homeless people aren't bad people and he becomes a better person. This happens all the time. And like, it's annoying. Yes, a little bit, but it's not terrible. Chase has one that they just keep. Chase hates fat people. He, he doesn't just hate fat people. He hates fat people. He would, he would gladly let them die. He does not like fat people at all. Like, like bigger people. Yeah, like bigger people in general. He genuinely, like, every episode where there is a patient who is bigger, he just treats them like such shit. And, like, there's one episode where he goes off about, like, he's like, you know what? Beauty standards exist because that's what people find beautiful. So fat people shouldn't exist. And it's like, Chase, shut the fuck up. And the problem is, Nobody ever makes Chase learn his lesson. Nobody ever does. They just move on. They're just like, yeah, you're kind of an asshole. And then they move on. And he just like, like nothing ever happens. In one episode, he keeps shitting on this fat patient. So Hash just goes, all right, either you stop being an asshole or you go home. And he goes home and he doesn't appear for the rest of the episode. They never address it again. He just leaves. They never address the fact that he fucking hates fat people for no reason. He has no reason. He's not related to anybody who's bigger. He's He doesn't know anybody who's bigger. He wasn't bigger himself. So he just hates them to hate them. And it is like insane. I hate Chase so much. Bro. Ah, I want to fucking choke him. Yeah, so there you go. That's Chase. Um, And uh, over the course of the show, they pick up more, uh, more, uh, doctors, a couple of which I'll talk about more in depth later, but one of them I like, uh, her name is 13, uh, which is because, uh, well, I'll kind of explain when I get to the, like, so there's this plot in season four, I believe, where House needs a new team. So he starts a competition where he brings in 50, uh, like student doctors. And the the one that was labeled 13 is, well, the Dr. 13. And she's great. Um, first off, uh, bisexual icon. So, good on her. Um, yep. Um, she is, she's played by Olivia Wilde. Uh, she's great. 
I like 13 a lot. Um, she also suffers from Huntington's disease, which means that, um, you know, like it's a degenerative disease that'll slowly like, uh, kind of, you know, destroy her body. It's like, it's like a, like a, like a severe disease or whatever. Um, so like there's that, which is, uh, causes a lot of emotional moments. Um, and she's also part of some of, uh, my favorite jokes in the, in the show. Um, so the first time you find out that she's gay is they're watching a TV show uh, and like they're just watching a TV show and this like nurse appears on the show and she's just like, that looks like one of my ex-girlfriends. And everybody just kind of stops and looks at her and she just doesn't react. And that, that got a chuckle out of me. And then the next episode, it starts up with um, there's a female patient and House is like injured for some reason. And he's like, have 13 do it. She's a lesbian. And 13 looks at her, looks at him and goes, I'm not a lesbian. And he just looks back at her and he goes, sorry, I was rounding up. And I thought that was funny. Uh, she's bisexual. Uh, so I got to kick her. I like that she just nonchalantly drops the, oh yeah, I had an ex-girlfriend. She'd be dropping cues yeah. like I do. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Not clarify. Like, yeah, she does, like, yeah, the only, like, she never outright says, like, I, I'm bisexual, uh, until, like, everybody knows, and she, like, needs to bring it up for a situation, like, like, somebody's, like, going through something, like, oh, well, you know, I've been through that, because I'm this, or whatever, right? Uh, she, like, never really outright says it, uh, except for this one part where he's just like, yeah, I rounded up from 50%, which I, I got a chuckle out of that. Um, but yeah, so 13's a pretty great character, like, she's just, uh, like, one of the characters that I feel like never has, like, a bad story really connected to her. She's never really villain of the week either, which is nice. Um, she's just an all around pretty cool character. Uh, they also pick up during that 50, uh, doctor competition, uh, a doctor named Taub. Uh, Taub is a very small man. He's very small. Very, he looks like Steve Carell. It's not Steve Carell, but he looks like Steve. Um, Taub's whole character is that he cheats on his wife. Oh. Um, so basically he was a plastic surgeon, but he cheated on his wife and his uh, partners were basically like, we're going to tell your wife if you don't like leave the like practice because you're uh, like bad for business or something. Right. Um, and he's like, okay, I'll do that. And that's when he goes and works for house. Um, his story is all right. I really like him and his wife. They have a really good relationship. Like he even like reveals that he cheated and like, they have a like really good, like, like discussion about like, they have a really like emotional moment where they're like, yeah, you know, we made mistakes. Like we have to move past this, but it's going to be difficult. And like, you're going to have to work really hard. It's great. It's wonderful. They get a divorce in the last season. Oh, um, we'll get to the problem with that little bit in a little bit. You just like, uh, real. Yeah, so, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Taub, you know, Taub's fine. He has a couple of, like, pretty fun stories. Like, there's this one story where he's taking, like, like self-defense classes, so House keeps trying to prank him, and he keeps countering all of his pranks, and it ends with him, like, <laughs> he's, like, talking to Foreman, and then Foreman starts walking away, and in the background, you see the, the janitor just run out of nowhere and just fucking football tackle Taub. And because House paid the janitor to get him, which I, I, you know, that's one of my favorite subplots in the in the whole show. That one's funny. Uh, and there's another doctor that they get named Cutner. We get to Cutner a little bit 
in a very, very little bit. Um, so house, like every week is a new case with house and they're all like, it's, it's basically like monster of the week, but with diseases where it's like, this is the weird disease of the week. Um, and all of them are real diseases. Um, some of them are stupid rare, like you wouldn't almost never see them, but they are real diseases. So that was like big, like thumbs up for the house crew for like actual, like finding all these really weird, rare diseases to fill eight seasons of television. Like that's pretty fucking impressive. Um, it's really good stuff. Uh, it's going to be one of the few good things I say about house. Uh, another good thing I want to say about house is Hugh Laurie's an amazing fucking actor. What a phenomenal actor he is. Oh my God. He's, he does great as Gregory House, for as bad of the character as I think Gregory House is. Um, so, let's talk about why House sucks. The character, not the show. Well, the show, but we'll get there. Uh, why the character Gregory House sucks. So, have you ever read fan fiction before? Once or twice. Don't check my search history. Yeah, so you know how, like, sometimes in fan fiction, somebody will write their own character, and there'll be, like, original OC, do not steal, like, they're, like, super powered, everybody loves them, they always win, like, they're the greatest or whatever, everybody wants them, everybody wants to be them kind of thing, you know that? Yeah. Mary Sue, um, to say that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I didn't think about it, but yeah. Um... That's House. Uh, Gregory House is the writing team's original OC, Do Not Steal. House never is wrong. Even when he's wrong, he's somehow still right. And you'd, and like the thing is, is like when it comes to medical stuff, it's okay if he's always right because, you know, he's a doctor. It's, it's okay if he's always right in the cases. But the problem is, is they also make him always right in social dilemmas that happen throughout the show. Okay. How so? How so? So there will be social dilemmas around, uh, throughout the show where it'll be things like, um, like one really notable one that I think of is, um, a patient comes in and tells Wilson that she's asexual and she's in a, uh, relationship with her, her husband who is also asexual and house says, no way that's impossible. Asexuality doesn't exist. Pretty much says that. Um, and the thing is, it's like, that's like a kind of like a social thing where it's like, okay, now you prove house wrong and house has to admit that maybe he doesn't understand that. Like maybe people can function without being like sexual, like he is right. Like overly, overtly sexual, like he is, but they just prove him right. He's just right. At the end, they, they aren't actually asexual. They had like a tumor or something that was like blocking their adrenal gland or some shit. And he was right. They proved him right. Why? For what reason? Like that, that was the only episode I legit didn't want to finish because it was so bad. Like I don't like the, like they do this all the time and it's, it's almost never good. Like it, it'll be like, Oh wow, this couple really loves each other. And house will be like, I bet you they don't. And they're like house. You're just so pessimistic, but then they prove house right. Cause the couple doesn't end up loving each other. And it's, it's, it's so ridiculous how house can never be wrong. House can never be fooled. Like anytime there's a prank war, house always wins. Anytime somebody tries to trick him into doing something, house is always right. He's always four steps ahead, five dimensional. Can I just walk you back a little bit? This this show about diseases and doctors. 
You made it seem like they just regularly have prank wars. What's up with that? They do. What's going on? <laughs> Why? Yeah, they do. What? Yeah, uh, they, they do because. <laughs> yeah, my bad. I, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm just like so. You, I didn't even realize. Yeah, no, they just regularly have prank wars. Like, um, like they'll just fuck we, with each other's shit. Like specifically, Wilson and House are always like fucking with each other's shit. Um, just for the funsies of it, and it's just kind of like background things that'll go on in the in the show. Um. Like, there's one where uh, Wilson and House are trying to see who can keep a chicken inside the hospital the longest without getting, uh, like, security to throw the chicken out. Um, so they're just doing what? that. And that episode, ends with one of my, that episode ends with my favorite out-of-context clip, which is Wilson walking to the hallway, pointing at a chicken and going, That chicken belongs to Dr. Gregory House. <laughs> which is my favorite out-of-context clip of House. It's so funny. Um, but yeah, they just do like regular prank wars. Like they just fuck with each other's shit. Um, another really good moment is um, they're like this whole episode. House keeps fucking with Wilson, and then he tur- House like picks up his cane, goes to walk. The cane snaps, and he just spills on the ground. Like, he just takes this huge fall on the ground, and Wilson just looks at him. And he's like, "Oh no, somebody must have filed through your cane while you were asleep." Oh no! <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's so funny. Like it's so. What the? Fuck? It's so fucking funny. Um. God damn. But yeah, like, <laughs> and House is, but House is like, he always wins those though. Like, like throughout that whole episode, he beats Wilson. Wilson gets one up on him, and like, it, it's just constantly like that throughout the show. And there's a few times where I think that it really works because there's this one episode, and I think about this scene all the time because it's one of my favorite scenes in all of House. And the episode is basically, um, it's about this couple. And and Cameron says this couple is like true love, like they love each other or whatever. And House says, "I bet you a hundred bucks they don't. I bet you a hundred bucks it's a lie or whatever." And she's like, "No, this is like true love or whatever." And then at the end of the episode, it turns out I think that she was like poisoning him or something, right? Like they don't actually love each other at the end of the day, right? So there's this scene where uh, House is sitting in a dark room, his office or whatever, and Cameron walks in, hands him a hundred dollars, and says, "Uh." I, uh, true love doesn't exist. I hope you're happy. And he doesn't even like, he's just looking at, he's just looking out the window. And he just says, who said I was happy? And that's the end of the episode. And I just, I love most... that scene. <laughs> I feel, I feel like that's, to me, that feels like the, the first D and D character type shit. The one that's overly dark and angsty is just like, no, true love doesn't exist. And then when they're hit with like, oh, okay, I mean, I guess you're proven right, but this makes me feel bad. And they're like, I'm not happy. I think that it's important to note that he doesn't get that serious and dark often. Like he's normally like a very like, like he's normally a very like arrogant, like cocky, sarcastic, like outgoing. Like he's very, like it's very rare to see him get serious like that. Um, especially mm-hmm. at that point in the show, which is why it's so effective is because normally he's like this outgoing, like he's goofing off or whatever. Like, like at the beginning of the episode, he was goofing off about the bet. And then at the end of the episode, he's sad about it. Like it obviously bothers him to the point where like, he's not even like laughing, anymore, which is why um, I think it works. Um, and there's a lot of really good, serious stuff with house when he, uh, like all the best episodes are like just really intense, like, um, and like serious episodes, but like there's just a lot of like garbage <laughs> um, 
but I don't want to be completely negative. I do want to talk about some of the episodes that I think are pretty fucking great. Okay, okay. Top ten. Go get ahead. get some get some house love, maybe. Turn this house into a home. We are government love bot, after all. Not government hate bot. That is right. So uh the one thing House always does well is its season finales. Uh how it ends its seasons are almost always good. Um the first one that I remember, I'm gonna see here where Uh, 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 here we go. The season four finale uh, is one of the most loved episodes of the show. It's called uh, the. It's a two-parter. The first one is House's Head, and the second one is Wilson's Heart. Um, and these episodes are really good. So it, it opens up with House. He was just in a bus crash and he has severe amnesia. He can't remember what happened the night before, like what led him to get on the bus. And, but he gets this feeling like there's somebody he needs to save. So he spends the whole episode working to try and figure out, like, you know, I need to figure out who, like, who is it that I need to say? Like, somebody is in danger and I know it and I can't remember who it is. And he keeps thinking, he's thinking, he's thinking, he's thinking, and he can't figure it out. And the whole time, uh, he keeps getting like he keeps seeing visions of this like girl like this like this uh this like black haired woman uh who just keeps like talking to him and you'll see like he has a lot of these things where you like you'll see like his subconscious manifested as a character or whatever and he'll talk to them and these are always really interesting listening to him talk to these characters um but he's talking to this woman and he's trying to figure it out and eventually at the end of the episode he's he's talking to this woman and the woman says what's my necklace made out of and then, and he looks at it and he says, your necklace is made out of amber. And that's when he realizes that the person he was supposed to save that he's been trying to figure out, like trying to figure out who needs his help is Amber, which is the name of Wilson's girlfriend. Oh shit. Just has yeah, who, magical premonition or is it like, you this know, is with him the car basically, this is, this is basically him remembering. So it's okay. like his subconscious manifested and he used it to kind of figure out what he was forgetting. So okay. he remembers that it's like, oh, this is, this is, uh, uh, you know, it's Amber or whatever. And then the next episode, it, um, like she's dying, like there's nothing they can do or whatever. Um, and it's a really good emotional episode of like Wilson losing this person that he really cared about. And like that episode, those episodes are so fucking good. Like they're fucking art. I love those episodes so much. Um, and it's like, the, like, I, like, that was the first time where I watching house where I was like, wow, this show, it really is fucking amazing. And then there's one, um, later on where, um, house is, uh, at this point, his addiction is pretty fucking bad. Like it's really bad, uh, with how much like pain pills he's, he's taking. And he has this one day where he tries to detox and he's like failing so he finds like one Vicodin or whatever, right? Like he finds one that he could take, which would, you know, give him enough energy to go and get more basically. Um, and he goes to take it and Cuddy shows up at his house and like takes it from him and says like, no, don't do this. And like, he goes through this thing where he thinks he detoxed and he thinks he's like, 
like everything's okay now. And then at the end of one of the episodes, uh, he's like, uh, he's like, Cuddy, like, thank you so much for helping or whatever. And I'm glad that like, uh, because in like, he kissed Cuddy when she saved him, like afterwards she, he kissed her or whatever. He's like, and I'm like, it, like he obviously has feelings for her. And she's like, what are you talking about? And then it flashes back and it turns out that all the stuff that had happened was just in his head. He, he did take the pill and get more. And throughout the past two episodes, he was, he was like twirling around, um, lipstick that Cuddy left at his place. Um, and he realized he looks at it again and now it's a Vicodin pill bottle. So he had been taking it the whole time and not even realizing it. And it's so fucking good. It's such a good reveal. I love it so much. And it leads into what I think should have been the end of house, which is a two parter called broken, uh, which is house going to rehab. And basically learning to be a good person. Lin-Manuel Miranda's in this episode. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, he wait, created wait, Hamilton. Wait, 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 wait. The lip bite guy? Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't... The lip bite guy was in house. You're telling me he yeah. was in house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was in the show, the... The TV medical drama house. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a pretty significant character. He's one of the, the characters that, like, helps House uh, kind of learn his ways or, like, learn his lesson or whatever. Um, but these episodes are just great. Like, they're just great examples of, like, sometimes House is right, sometimes he's wrong. Um, and because of that, like, it, it works. Like, it, it becomes such a, like, great... Like, it becomes such a great example of, like, how this character can grow and stop being such a fucking narcissistic piece of shit to everybody. Because um, at the end of the episode, or at the end of, like, the two-parter, uh, he's, like, he's grown to be friendly with all these other patients at this, like, detox center or whatever. Um, and they put on a talent show, and Alfie, who is Lin-Manuel Miranda, wants to sing. Like, he wants to rap, right? Because he loves doing that. Um... And he starts rapping and he forgets the word. Like he can't think of words. So House is in the audience and he yells out the next word that he's supposed to, that Alfie should say. And then Alfie keeps going. He stops again and House yells out another word. And eventually the crowd, uh, wants House to go up on stage and House does. And him and Alfie like do a song together. And it's really great. It's such a nice moment. And it's just like, and, and House is like finally turning his life around. It's great. Um, and this leads to like a couple good episodes and that's it. <laughs> um, he ends, I'm, as far as I, I, if I'm remembering correctly, he ends the show addicted to pills again. So don't get too used to it, but these episodes are great and they should have been the end of the show, but they weren't, there were still like three seasons <laughs> worth of stuff that were just what not the good. What happens in the show? Why? Yeah, the it's wild. It yeah, it's it's really wild. Like it's just kind of like crazy how he like has this such a like a great ending to his arc, but then it's just kind of like, nah, homie, we're just gonna like not do that though. Um, that was one of the retcons talked about last week. Where like character art, where character goes through like this whole arc, and then start of like the next season. They just revert back to the way they were before. 
I forget what yeah, exactly um, it was called, but it's like, oof. Yeah, it's not like, yeah, they, they kind of, they try to build to it, but I don't think they build to it well, like him relapsing. I don't think it's, I don't think it's done very well, but they do build to it or whatever, um, or they try. Uh, yeah, it's, it's something, it's something. Um, but then, uh, the next one that, uh, I think of with, uh, good episodes is a two-parter, uh, or it's not a two-parter, actually, it's just a one, uh, it's just a one singular episode called Help Me. And this one, oh man, this one is so good. This one is, like, legit, probably my favorite episode of House. Um, so, at this point, he's been clean for a while. Uh, and he is, uh, he is, it's a scene of an emergency. It's like a building collapse. And he goes there to like help the other emergency doctors who are like working on like, uh, trying to save people. And he finds this woman trapped under rubble and her leg is trapped. And it's basically the whole episode is him trying to figure out ways to get her out of there without having to amputate her leg. Cause he doesn't want to do that. Cause he didn't want to do that to himself. So he doesn't want to do that to somebody else. Um, so like this whole episode is just him kind of like coming to grips with like the idea that like, I, I promised this lady, I wouldn't do this to her. Like, I, I want to get her out of there. Like I want to save her or whatever. Um, and at the same time, he's helping his team figure out what went wrong with the driver of like the crane or whatever that caused the building collapse or whatever. It's a really good episode. The ending of it is so good. Eventually he comes to the point where like, he has no choice. They have to amputate the leg. They do it. Um, but then in the ambulance uh house realizes that he waited too long to amputate and she dies in the ambulance and it's just this really good scene where house is like he just leaves like he's just standing in the empty hospital or whatever and somebody at, like one of his crew is like you know you can't save everybody and he's just like and he just starts yelling he's like why not why can't i and it's just this really great scene and it's like Hugh Laurie's just giving it his fucking all. His whole Hugh Lussy, if you will. He's putting his whole Hugh Lussy into it. <laughs> nope, I don't like that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he just um, puts his whole Hugh Lussy into that shit. And it's so fucking good. It's so fucking good. Like, I... I I love that episode. Help me is a great episode. That episode also ends with uh, Cuddy and House getting together as a couple, which sounds like it would be bad, but it's actually like the best part of the show. <laughs> like them as a couple really works because they actually have like really good chemistry, um, despite the shit that they say to each other. Um, yeah, so. I guess this is a perfect time to talk about relationships in house. Specifically that like everybody wants to fuck house and I don't get it. Every woman on the show wants to have sex with Gregory house. Gregory house is a 45 plus year old man who like is on a cane and acts like a douchebag. I'd love to know why all these women are so desperate for house. Like, it's pretty fucking stupid at some points. Okay. How many people want to sleep in the house? In the show's defense, I have worked in an environment with a lot of 
20-something around a much older man who is very house-like, and they did all want to sleep with him. Some of them. All right. Well, then uh, House gets this point back. Apparently that's realistic, son of a bitch. Unfortunately, it is a bit realistic. Yeah, um, all of House's relationships kind of suck, though. Like, all the relationships in House, I can think of, like, two that are good. House has a relationship with his ex-girlfriend. He tries to ruin her marriage because he wants her to date him. It's really stupid, and they don't end up getting together. Um, Cameron and Chase get together. They make me want to fucking shoot myself because I hate both of them. Uh, I hate Cameron at this point in the story, and Chase makes me... I want to punch him in the face. Um, you know, Taub and his wife are fine, but they don't get a whole lot of screen time, and the way that relationship ends is annoying. Um, the only ones I like are House and Cuddy, because they actually have like a lot of chemistry, and they work, and Foreman and 13, because Foreman and 13 are like the only two doctors that I like, always liked what they were doing. And as a couple, they were really funny. Like, they, they were at Chase's bachelor party or whatever. Um, and uh, 13 was doing body shots off of, like, a stripper. And Chase was like, are you okay with this? To, like, Foreman. And Foreman was like, I paid $20 extra for this. <laughs> and I, I get a chuckle out of that every time. It's my favorite. It's so good. And then there's also, like, a scene where House, like, wants Foreman and 13 to go, like, like basically, like, scope out strippers for this bachelor party. And, like, and like it just cuts to them, like, both at, like, a strip club. And they're just, like, mimicking each other's movements. Like, they're both staring at the stripper and, like, taking a sip from a beer. And I just thought that was really funny. Like, it's it's funny. Like, they're, they're a funny couple. Uh, of course, they don't stay together, though, because House doesn't like me to be happy. So, um, they don't stay together. In fact, both of those people end the, end the, uh, end the show alone. Uh, I think 13 has an off-screen girlfriend. So, I guess there's that. <laughs> Um, yeah, pretty wild there. Um, so now we're like towards the end of the show, right? Uh, and it starts to like, it starts to kind of move a little. I just realized I forgot to mention Kuttner. Holy shit. Um, Kuttner was this, um, doctor who was in the doctor competition all the way back when, right? And he wins it. Uh, he's one of the doctors who wins it. He, uh, he's a really funny guy. Like, there's this lady who needs chest paddles, but she's wet, and he uses it anyway and, like, fucking <laughs> launches himself across the room from the shock because it hits him, too. That was funny. Um, but he's a great guy. Um, one episode, he kills himself. Uh... Yeah, the, it's just one episode that you're like, Cutner's not coming to work today. It's like, why? where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And then they go to his house, and he had taken his own life. Um, And the episode, given its credit, it, it was really good. Like, it was an amazing kind of way to look at mental illness. Uh, Because House, throughout the episode, he keeps saying, no, 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 Cutner wouldn't do this. I, I would know if Cutner was depressed, right? He's like, he must have been murdered. And House keeps trying to figure it out. And then eventually at the end of the episode, he's standing in Cutner's house, right? And he's like looking at like where his body was or whatever. And he realizes like, oh my God, like, no, he just really did. I just never realized he was like this depressed. Like, I just never thought, like, never realized it. And it was just, it's such a good, like, 
It's so good. Like, it's such a weirdly... It's such a weirdly adult way to look at, like, an issue like mental illness that, like, I wouldn't expect from House. Um, so, like, yeah, it was, that's just really good. I really like Cutner's story. Uh, he's Question. one of my favorite characters in the show. Go for it. How many episodes are there? Of House? Yeah. Uh, eight seasons of around 23 episodes each. Okay, because I was going to say, like, you were saying that your main problem with House as a character was that he's always winning, but, like, in Rapid Fire, you've just listed off several scenarios where House is just, yeah. like, outright wrong. Yeah, Nick. And, like, I know that's, like, the, the uh, best of the... Episodes. These are the ten episodes of the show where he's wrong. <laughs> that's why they're the best ones. That's, that's, that's why, why I wanted to ask. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I don't want to like make it seem like, um, like, I'm, uh, like, like I'm making it sound like the show is really good, and sometimes it is. But a lot of the show isn't like this. Like, a lot of the show doesn't punish House. House is always right. Um, I told my friend Joey that every episode House says your wife is cheating on you or your husband is cheating on you, and he's right every single time. There's so much infidelity in the show. Every episode's got a cheating couple with some description. House is just always acting like a douchebag. He's always playing five-dimensional chess, doing, like, weird shit, like, like, faking that he's struggling through a detox so that his team, like, basically babies him and gives him what he wants, um, lying about Secret Santa and having, having everybody get his name, and then, uh, like, he gets all the gifts. Like, nobody punishes him for it. He just gets away with it. And it's like, it just constantly happens over and over and over and over and over again. And eventually you get to the point where you're just like, holy fuck, this guy's so fucking annoying. Can somebody just prove him wrong, please? Even, like, sometimes he'll get proven wrong and he'll just turn around and be like, well, actually, I'm right. And it's like, what? <laughs> why? Like, why? <laughs> uh, it's so, like, it's so obnoxious. With, How often? Like, I'm sorry, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but were there no, a lot of like, writer changes throughout the course of the show? No, as no. far as I'm aware, it's really? the same writing team. That that seems like something that like two different writers would think to write. You know who the head writer is? The guy who wrote it's Riverdale, the, right? No, it's the guy who wrote The Good Doctor. Oh, you mean like the worst autism representation on television? Yes, which is funny because House is kind of good autism representation. Like, he actually does. Like, he like a lot of people online in the what? I didn't know House was autistic. Okay, here's well, get uh, give me one second. Give me one second. Okay, okay. So. A lot of people in the fandom point out that he's great autistic representation because of like, like the way he acts and the way he like functions in society or whatever. And they say that that's really interesting. There's literally an episode where, um, Wilson, like he fake, like, um, house fakes a thing that says that he has autism. And then, uh, in order to get something for some reason, I don't know why he wants something probably stupid. Uh, and Wilson literally goes to him. He's like, you don't have autism. And, and house goes, yeah, I know. So they literally say, no, he doesn't. But, like, he's really good representation for them, which is, like, that's this fucking is, stupid. This is very Sheldon Cooper-esque uh, 
we got you tested and you didn't have it. Therefore, people uh, uh, online, please stop saying our character has autism. That's literally it. And, like, you can kind of see that, like, part of me thinks that, like, between the good doctor and that scene, I think, like, man, maybe the guy who is the head writer of these doesn't like the idea of smart, uh, well-adjusted people being also autistic. Like, they have to be screaming and yelling, I am a surgeon. Um, and I don't like that at all. Um, yeah. So, uh, I'm gonna be, we're gonna be wrapping up here soon. I don't wanna take up too much of your time. Um, so, House is kind of like, at this point, he gets re addicted to pain pills. I believe it's at the end of Help Me. Um, or no, 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 wait. It's at the end of season seven or so he gets addicted to pain pills and he gets sent to prison because he drives a car through Cuddy's house after she breaks up with him. Uh, he gets arrested and sent oh. to prison. Yeah. Uh, that's the last time Cuddy appears. Uh, she just never appears again, despite the fact that she's like one of the most important characters in the show. Uh, weird. She just doesn't appear ever again. So, oops. So, um, like, yeah, he goes to prison. It's like a one-episode arc. He doesn't learn anything. It's kind of lame. You'd think House going to prison, he would learn something, but he doesn't. And then the last season is basically uh, Foreman, who now runs the hospital, gets uh, House on like a parole thing where it's like, as long as he works at the hospital and does his job, he doesn't have to go back to prison and finish his sentence. It's like, okay. And then we get to like the end of the show, right? So like we're at the end of the show. And a few episodes from the end of the show, he's talking to Wilson and he like makes some sort of joke. And Wilson's just like, house, I have cancer. And it's true. Uh, Wilson has like very severe uh, cancer. I believe it is lung cancer. Um, and he is. Like, so now, like, House has to kind of come to terms with the idea that, like, his best friend has, like, six to seven months to live, right? So the next couple of episodes, um, House is basically, like, he's basically, he's treating Wilson like shit because Wilson knows that at best he can buy himself two years. So he's like, I'm just not going to do chemo. Like, I'm just like, I I don't want to, like die weak from chemo in a hospital bed like i'd rather just live these last six months or whatever and house is like treating him like she's like no you have to do this you have to do this you have to do this and um you know like they have so many like these these arguments or whatever uh like over and over and over again um and and eventually like wilson's just like no you stop being a piece of shit like i'm not gonna do it uh so House is kind of, like, in this, like, really stuck situation. And then he decides, like, that uh, he's just going to let Wilson, like, he's going to let Wilson do this, even though he doesn't want to let Wilson do this. He's going to let Wilson do this. Um, and then he finds out that because of a prank he pulled, uh, he has to go back to prison for six months, which, is, which means that Wilson's going to die before he gets out of prison. So this leads to the last episode, which is the most anticlimactic shit ever. 
Um, the last episode is called Everybody Dies because it's a base. It's based off of a saying that House has, which is everybody lies, um, which is it's one of the more creative things in the show is he's just like, yeah, everybody lies about something. And like there's a patient's always lying about something or hiding something uh, that could potentially help them. So it's everybody lies. And then the final episode is called Everybody Dies. Um, and House kind of uh, he's got a patient who is like a drug addict or whatever. Um, and the drug addict, he talks about how like free he feels or whatever and all this stuff. Uh, so basically house gets into a situation where he considers trying like hardcore drugs, like heroin. Uh, and he's in this building that's on fire. And the whole episode is kind of him trying to piece together how he got to this building that's on fire. Uh, and he has discussions with like different parts of his subconscious, like Cutner appears. And it's the part of his subconscious that wants to die, like wants to kill himself. Like he doesn't want to live anymore. Um, which you think would be a really impactful, like deep thing. And then like, they just kind of don't go as far into it as you think that they should. Um, and then like, there's different parts of him, like parts of him that think that it, that's all about solving the puzzle, like solving the, the case or whatever. And so the part of him that's all about like trying to find love or trying not to be so alone. Um, you know, all this, all this stuff or whatever throughout the whole episode. And at the end, like towards like the middle of the episode, uh, the Wilson and Foreman show up to the burning building and they, they see houses in the building Then the building explodes. So houses is, is dead, right? House dies. Uh, and they have this, they have a funeral for him and it's really good. Uh, like characters are talking about how, like, you know, he was an asshole, but he taught me this or like he, gave me the courage to do this. Some of them, I don't know why they would say nice things about him, but it's okay. Uh, Cuddy doesn't show up, which is really weird because she had a pretty significant relationship with House. Even though he drove a car through her home, she still had a significant relationship. They show up at the funeral for at least Wilson's sake or something, but no. And then Wilson gets up there and he starts saying like all this shit. He's like, why can't, why, why did he do like, it's, he's so fucking selfish to just like go and get himself killed like this or whatever. And then because house's original oc do not steal uh house faked his death uh so now he doesn't have to go to prison so house is alive actually uh and him and wilson ride motorcycles into the sunset the end uh because uh, house is yeah house doesn't die they this this whole episode feels like i'm watching it on two times speed because it's literally a two-parter that's just one episode like it's so there's so much and i don't understand why house couldn't just die <laughs> or could or they couldn't just at least wait a little bit longer to reveal that he didn't actually die but you know god knows that you can't kill gregory house you can't kill gregory house because th that is the original oc do not steal all right house is a fucking genius all right he 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 managed to somehow switch his dental records with the dental records of the drug addict so that way, when they found the body, they think the body was houses. So, like, he's, he's, woo. Next level. Do not steal. Um, yeah. And then the show's over. And I'm free. This show, I don't like it. I don't think it's good. They don't, they keep punishing characters like Foreman over and over again. Like, there's so many episodes where, like, Foreman, you're so arrogant and annoying and bossy. But he's not. He's not doing that. He's never actually showing that side of himself that they say that he's showing. 
And then, like, House is just treating him like shit. House ruins several relationships. He ruins Foreman and 13. He gets them to fight each other, and then they break up and never get back together. He ruins Taub's marriage twice. He ruins Cameron and Chase's marriage. That one I was a little bit okay with, except for the fact that it means Chase got to be a main character again. Fuck. Um, <laughs> and, like, the show keeps portraying him as, like, this next-level god. Like, there's a character named Masters who, who appears for, like, a couple episodes, and she becomes a doctor on his team. And her whole thing is that she keeps telling the boss, like, hey, House is doing something that's really fucked up and illegal. And the show is trying to portray it like she's the bad guy. But she's doing her job. She's reporting fucking crimes. Stitches get stitches, bitches. It's, it's like literally that. Like, it's so ridiculous how they keep portraying House as like this, this saint. And it works because Joey hates Masters and loves House. So it's like they they know that the way they are writing it, they are portraying it so that that is how you come out of the show if you're just watching it. And you're not like like me, who's like already kind of disconnected from the character. Like if you're watching, you get into the character. Like they, like it's so ah, it's so bizarre. And House is like such a frustrating show to watch. It's such a frustrating, pessimistic show. I did this whole rant about how if you're ever depressed about being alone in life or about not having a partner or maybe about going through something with a partner, don't watch House. It'll make you think that life is worthless. It It is, like, it is so pessimistic, especially about love, that it is uncomfortable to watch sometimes. And, like, every once in a while you get a good one, like the like what I mentioned before where he wins the bet or whatever. But most of the time, it's fucking bad. It's just, it's just fucking bad. And I, I, I don't understand all the hype for the show. I do get that sometimes... The show delivers some amazing episodes. The ones that I talked about are like, maybe there's only like eight to 10 great episodes of the show, but they are so good that like, I would, I honestly, like, I love the fact that I got to watch them. And I would say, just watch those episodes. But the problem is, is you can't because you need like the five minutes from each other episode that sets up that finale. So you have to watch all the garbage to get to the good stuff. And understand it. it. And it sucks. It's so bad. I was getting to points where I didn't want to watch these episodes. I wanted to skip them. And the only one, I only skipped one. I only skipped the second half of the asexual episode because that one really fucking annoyed me. And it's just like, man, for all the creative stuff they do, like sometimes they do really creative stuff with like hallucinations and stuff. For all the creative stuff they do, there's like six episodes that are like gross, um, misogynistic. Uh, fucked up in some way, shape, or form. Um, uh, uh, yeah, just like a whole bunch of just really fucked up shit. And it's like... <sighs> Can we talk about it? the elephant in the room, though? Tell me. What's the elephant in the room? We, we already... We talked about it a little bit beforehand. But this show is rated really well by audience and critics alike. What's your take on that? I don't Why understand. do you think it doesn't work for for you, but works for all these other people? Um, okay. I think that this show, a part of it is a product of its time. This show came out in like, I want to say 06? 03 to 06, somewhere in that time frame. Um, and it has some 2000s humor, especially about like, 
like trans people. Like there's a couple of jokes about that where you're just like, wow, this is early two thousands humor about trans people. Like that's fuck. Um, and I think like the thing is is like I can't. I wasn't able to latch to House immediately. Like the thing is, is like Joey, the first couple episodes, he's like, man, I really like House, and he kind of latches to House. Whereas like after the first couple episodes. Like, I was like, man, okay, I'm, like, on the fence about him. And then, like, you get to some later episodes, and I'm like, okay, I really don't like this guy now. And I started to, like, notice that, like, the show is catering towards people who really like the character of House. Like, if you like the character of House, you're going to love this show. Uh, If you're, like, if he is your original OC, I mean. Like, if he is your original OC, do not steal. You're going to love this show. But, like, if you have, like... I don't want to be mean and say, like, any form of media literacy, but if you have, like, any sort of, like, disconnect from the character, like, any sort of minuscule disconnect from House, it's going to immediately, House of the Show is going to dig its way into that little minuscule, like, separation and just tear you apart until you hate watching the show. And I genuinely don't understand how this is considered such an amazing show when so much of it is not very good. And, like, I don't know, like, if you like it, I'm glad you like it. I'm not going to say that you're dumb for liking it. You can enjoy House and love House. My friend Joey loves fucking House. Loves fucking House. No, he loves House. Like, and and that's completely, that's fine. That's cool with me. But like, man, it is not my thing. I, I, I think I rated it at the end of the finale a 4 out of 10 at best for me. Uh, and that's being really, really generous. Okay. Really quick. I have a take about why it's remembered fine. And it's because it was in syndication so much. It, it They played reruns of it so much. And it was like this perfect like background show where it was just interesting enough that you could like, you could like, go, oh shit, that, that is quite the twist. That's a real twist. I didn't expect that. Uh, yeah. But not so much that like it distracted you from whatever you were doing. And so we all kind of collectively remember it as being like, oh yeah, that was a pretty good show that was on for a while. Uh, and yeah. then if anybody actually tries to like look at it too much, they realize it fucking sucks. I think part of it too is it really eats away at you if you watch it all like run through it all you know what i mean like this show wasn't built to be binged i don't think like i don't think the show was built to be binged this was built for television this wasn't built for streaming services where i can watch 10 episodes a night if I, 10 episodes every day if i wanted to you know and i think that that's part of it too like that's where the repetition really starts to get to you like every episode ends the same way somebody's having an, uh, a conversation with house where they're like wow the weather outside is nice and he's like Whoa. And that, like, for some reason, that sentence triggers him to figure out what's wrong with the patient. Um, there's always, House is always doing something stupid. There's always an, uh, a couple that's cheating on each other. Like, it starts to really get you when you start seeing this repetition. Um, at least for me. Like I said, you can enjoy this. I don't understand it, but you can enjoy it. And like I said, there's some funny episodes. There's some, or there's some funny scenes in some episodes, and there's some really good episodes. But for the most part, I will never watch this show again. Ever, 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 ever. I do not like House. I, I, part of me kind of wishes I never watched it and just let Joey tell me about all the good parts. Uh, 
Sam, so, yeah, final man. verdict? Uh, yeah, my final verdict is uh, I'm glad I never have to talk about the show again. I'm glad I can finally get all my thoughts out there. Uh, four out of ten at best. Uh, all right. I think you liked it. All right. <laughs> big fan. Big fan. <laughs> it's like golf rules. Well, folks, it seems to me that we have come upon the time for us to get out of our giant mech suit and go on a coffee break. Now, piloting this shit is tough work. Uh, I'm not taking a coffee break. I'm going to down two entire cans of Monster and crush the cans on my forehead. D has been changed to Kyle. Okay. No. No, 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 no. I don't know. I'm gonna drink the monsters that are in the black and white cans. <laughs> I'm not an asshole. I'm just queer. <laughs> but alright, we'll be right back. Welcome back, Love Botters. Love is that what our fans are called? Maybe. I don't know. I thought we wanted to call them the Femboy Army. Halt right there. Stop <laughs> right there, Colonel Scott. No. <laughs> Stop. You violated the law. I, I demand you live this down immediately. <laughs> I don't know. I, I still like it. Yeah, While I'm moving also on, a big fan. I, I have no power here other than uh, the moving on power. Nick is gonna Nick is gonna cut this part out. Like it's just gonna it's gonna be this chunk missing. He's not even gonna like. He's not even gonna like. Just cut it out. It's gonna just be a blank. It's just gonna be silence. It's, I'm like, just gonna jump. mute the audio track for ten minutes. <laughs> oh, man. Replace it with white noise. He's just gonna. He's just gonna cut out our parts and re-record them with his own voice. Uh, I'm doing. That we won't call them the femboy army. Do the worst D and Tyler impressions ever. <laughs> Go ahead, do your impression of me, Nick. I dare you. <laughs> hmm. No. Okay. <laughs> I was like, alright, how do I do this? How could I how could I do an impression? I don't know how to move my voice in the most like normal way. I can only do goofy yes! type voices. Tyler and I, I think, sort of talk similar sometimes. So if you could figure out one of us, the other one probably might might have the key in. All right. Anyways, well, talking about uh, uh, voices and making voices for characters of my imagination, but we're gonna talk about D and D characters again. Specifically, I am bringing it back to the. Justice League D&D characters, because I said during that episode that I would do it again partly to satiate D's urge for one character in particular. D, what is that character? That character is Plastic Man. What? <laughs> no, no! <laughs> it's the Green Arrow. It is the Green Arrow. <laughs> I was so unprepared, I was like, huh? I need to revamp my list here. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's the it's the Green Arrow. Yeah, I'm I'm a sucker for uh for archers in media. Um, I don't really know 
why anymore. But yeah, uh, I, I, we had a little bit of a disagreement about him last time, uh, and I'm ready to take your apologies. Are you ready to hear it? Didn't you say he's a ranger? I say he's a ranger. He is the one that I, I would say is a ranger. Did I disagree last episode? Any fans that may be out there, go back. Tell me if I'm if I'm wrong. I think did I agree. Did. Oh, okay. I was gonna say I, <laughs> we disagreed about Hawkeye, and I think we ended up disagreeing about Green Arrow as well. Oh yeah, because like you know, Bow Guy, that's just Ranger right there. Bam, done. Stamp of approval. But that's not what a Ranger. Th that's that's not where what a range comes from. That's what a D and D ranger is, though. Oh, but yeah, no, totally. In D &D, you don't have to have a bow. Totally do. Otherwise, you're a fake ranger. Yeah, I, I, all right, now you're trying to make me mad. <laughs> <laughs> now you're trying. To make me I, I, I'm gonna be honest though. Like, I'm, I'm not like a D and D expert. But I really, I thought all rangers were supposed to have bows. <laughs> I actually, it's an, that. it's an aesthetic thing. You're out in the woods hunting things. What do you need? Not a sword, a bow. That's why Aragorn I I said, bow, um, actually. I think I said last week that Brock Lesnar hunts things with his bare hands. That, you know what? You, That's a monk right there. I was going to say multi-class monk and ranger. <laughs> no, Brock Lesnar's a barbarian. <laughs> For sure. Uh, and you could say, like, well, barbarians don't use uh, their hands. Uh, he does anyway, because fuck you. He's a bonk. He's a barbarian monk. If you say anything, Brock Lesnar will suplex you through your DM table. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, before we fully jump in, I just want to say I have five characters here from the Justice League that I picked because I kind of knew about them. I'll admit I'm not the biggest comic book junkie out there. However. I know about these guys at least enough to make them into D&D characters, I hope. So without further ado, Green Arrow, he's a ranger. Yeah? We're all in agreement. Yes. What kind of ranger? The green kind. The green kind. Isn't that all <laughs> rangers? Uh, okay, yeah, I guess kind of now that you say it like that. Sort of. Sometimes. I don't know, Nick. Walk us, walk us through your thought process. What do you think? Okay, well, um, honestly, there's not a whole lot of, like, ranger subclasses themselves that fit very well with Green Arrow. The ranger itself fits perfectly because you get, uh, you get, you can emulate, like, the trick arrows or specialty arrows, depending on what era you're from. That, that he deploys, so you can use, like, Entangle to, um, mimic the, like, glue arrow. Um, you get other types of spells that could do extra damage, uh, imitating, like, an explosion arrow or something with, like, a heavy head. But the subclasses themselves, we've got Beastmaster. He doesn't have a pet. Drake Warden. He doesn't have a dragon pet. Fey Wanderer. Need I say more? Gloomstalker. Well, I mean, is he edgy? It's not, it depends on who's writing him. He can be. I I mean, like, if you, if if you're talking about like the CW Arrow Green Arrow, uh, yes. If you're talking about like you know Justice League Unlimited Green Arrow, no. Hmm. 
we'll 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 table that one maybe horizon walker um that's like a planar warrior dimensional shifting person no hunter that's like the most basic of uh rangers I mean, yeah, it's basic, but I think that might be the only one that really fits. Yeah. I mean, he does Sorry. hunt down the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's the good one. Really I'm cool. so sorry. I'm so sorry. While we're on the topic of, <laughs> of the Green Arrow, um, and you, you said about Trigger, I wanted to bring it up. But, uh, I just, I, but I just want for a second to talk about the fact that Green Arrow Year One, the, the, like, the comic series, that is like his New origin story uh, for New Fifty Two Green Arrow. Let's not talk about the New Fifty Two. That's the one with specialty arrows, right there. Uh, so so he basically he's on this like he's on this island and there's like drug traffickers on the island and he de- he decides he doesn't want to kill one of them. He just wants to knock him out. So he takes the head off an arrow and he shoots him and he hits him dead in the forehead. Uh, that guy's not knocked out. He is straight up. He's passed away. Uh, number one, your arrow wouldn't fly the same. And number two, it's still moving with so much force. To right, it'd be like getting a, it'd be like getting a lobotomy in the past. Like, <laughs> wait, that, even if he removes the point of the arrow, it's still a stick. It'll still fucking jab him. Yes, yes. Why did he just use the boxing glove arrow? I know he's got yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Where the fuck? He doesn't get that. He doesn't get that until the next issue over in Green Arrow. I'm being dead ass with you. That is the it's best like an upgrade he has to get. <laughs> yes, yes. He like finds a box of boxing gloves and he puts one on the tip of the arrow. Oh my god. That's I like the that's like on... the arrow he should start with. The trick arrow he should start with. I saw somebody on TikTok who made one and tried to shoot it, and it like it worked, but it would it can only go really short range because it's too heavy. It's a, <laughs> but yeah. it kinda it's worked. A... Shotgun arrow. What? Uh, it, it's like the shotgun arrow. Short range, wider uh, area of coverage. No? Am I the only one that... Buckshot? Buckshot bow? No, I'm I'm just saying that the boxing glove is the shotgun. Shotgun arrow. Yeah, so basically, like, instead of having multiple weapons that are short and long range, she just has different arrows that are better for different yeah. distances. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> Alright, I'm sorry for being dumb for a moment there. No, you're okay. Uh, moving on from Hunter, we'll also table that. We've got Monster Slayer. Kind of, sometimes. If, it's, if we're talking Justice League, that, that one might uh, that might lean a little bit towards that one. I mean, the Justice League only kind of gets called in for big monster stuff. Fair, fair. It's got a lot of, a lot of like, magical mumbo jumbo. Like, does this this makes me think that he would he'd be able to just show up and kick ass of any magic user. Anyway, uh, and then we have the swarm keeper. He does not have a bunch of bees. No, but I do think that that should be the next like character choice to make for him. Just give him a. <laughs> give, give him, just give him like a little belt ch- belt hive that then he can open up and sick him after the baddies. I mean, I'm into it. I think that'd be funny. If, <laughs> if like 
if he got into a fight and he and he was like losing for a second, he was like, "Oh no, gotta deploy the bees!" And he like, the opened bees. up the couch. <laughs> four hundred bees came out. You've heard, you've heard of Squirrel Girl. Get ready for Bee Boy. Bee Boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm honestly probably gonna settle on. <sighs> Hmm. I think Hunter. I think it's just like just the one that fits best for most internal range. Yeah, and he gets a. And I'm looking. I was looking through the the class, the subclasses, and this one is the most like, like physical, and not in like going up and like punching something, but like a lot more focus on you know shooting the bow and like having a volley of arrows, things like that. Being able to dodge things real good. Whereas, like, Gloomstalker is a lot more stealth and uh, edginess. Like, if you stand in shadow, you can be invisible to anybody with dark sight. When you start attacking, you can fire one more time. Alright, done deal. Green Arrow is a hunter ranger. He is the basicest of basic man, but we love him anyway. One down. 432 other Justice League members <laughs> to go. Seriously, though, I was trying to look through the list of Justice League members, and I was once again overwhelmed by just how many people. There's so uh, many. They let anybody in. They're like, oh, you can punch things just, like, slightly harder than the average human? You're in. Oh, you can fire a bow just as well as the average human? You're in. Yeah, that's the thing that gets me. It's like, metahumans, I get. And, like, magic users, I get. But, like, the second you get to, like, a guy who, like, punch real good or fire an arrow, I'm like, actually, why is he allowed in? <laughs> why did you let him in? Like, with the Avengers, like, oh, Hawkeye and Black Widow are in because they're, like, government agents. And the Avengers are, like, kind of a government saying Oh! Group. Oh, I could tell you. I could tell you why Green Arrow's in the Justice League. He's fucking rich, and You're he's correct. apparently the greatest archer in the world. They went and found every archer to verify. Uh, that is technically true in the canon of a lot of Green Arrow stories. That he is uh the the best archer in the world, and he has competed with some of the other best archers in the world. He's so good that he can that he can stand shoulder to shoulder with Superman. Supposedly, if Superman has a bow, I'm sure, yeah. Well, actually, Green Arrow does have some kryptonite-headed um, arrows, so yes, yeah. technically he could, except for the fact that Superman can move at like literally Mach eight. That's okay. All right, that brings me to another thing: is that like. How, like, Superman v. Batman doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Because Superman can move so fast, he could just fly in, cut Batman's head off with his fucking laser vision, and fly away, and you would never even know he was there. I don't know, man. But I will say, I did really enjoy the scene of in a Justice League... Of, what's it? No, it wasn't Apocalypse War. It was Justice League versus Teen Titans. Where uh, 
the Teen Titans have to kryptonite Superman because he's taken over. It's a badass scene, but like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless Superman's just being mega dumb. Okay, uh, to be fair, I don't think Superman is that fast. He's, he, he's he, as fast as the Flash. He's, the Flash well, moves well, fast. Yeah, but, well, yeah, but he's... That's yeah, for but I don't charity. think he can move... Yeah, I don't think he can move... Uh, yeah, two things. One, I think the Flash was slowing down. I think the Flash even mentions that he was sl- that he was slowing down, so it was competitive. And two, I don't think Superman can run that fast without causing damage to probably himself or the area around him, uh, because well, yeah, he doesn't have the speed force. Because the speed wait, force wait, is what keeps it in control. Superman can literally fly so fast he turns the Earth back. Okay. Okay. Sure yeah. He, does, he doesn't need to go that fast to just fly up. Kill okay. Bruce Wayne and then fly away. Okay, to be fair, he doesn't really do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he can what? fly to the sun and back in probably under eight minutes, and we know that's how long it takes uh, light to reach our planet. So he is light speed, bro. He, I would say he probably moves. At, he could probably move at like I don't know. Somebody would probably say like ninety percent of the speed of light, which is insanely fast. Which is like like oh my like. Like, he could probably move upwards to, like, 95, 99% of the speed of light. Like, he can move so fucking fast, dude. I'm telling you. It would it, it would be so easy. He could, like, fly through Batman like he was a bullet. And he, Batman he could literally... Explode. what what uh, What's the guy's name from uh, The Boys? Freight Train. Could Freight Train run through uh, one of the main character's girlfriends, but just to Batman? Yeah, is like, it A train? A train. That's it. Yep, yep. A train. Ignore what I said. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but I'm I'm telling you, like I don't get the debate. Like I like, think he's basically uh, a god, and everybody's like, well, well, maybe Batman. Batman might have kryptonite <laughs> in his utility belt. See, prep time, bro. Batman can beat literally anybody with prep time. I'm sorry. I mean, like, it's just facts. Like, listen, people actually, like, that's that's a meme, but, like, it is kind of true. Because part of the reason why he was able to compete with Superman, uh, barring Superman doing, like, some insane super speed shit, was that he just trapped the fuck out of the area. Like, he just had, like, sonic fucking guns and shit hidden under the ground. And fucking Robin's uh, distracting him and shit. Yo, Robin's dead there. Yeah. I, like, well, he wasn't. He, he didn't want to kill Rob. Robin wasn't like attacking him. She was just jumping around, and like he had to like basically like, just kind of be like, "Get the fuck out of the, get the fuck out of the way, <laughs> like, get the fuck out of the way." I'm trying to beat up Batman, and she's also like running around like setting shit off, like traps and shit, like the fucking Death Run map. So like it. I, I think the one thing, I know we're getting off topic, but it doesn't matter too much. I think the one thing about, like, the Batman can beat anyone with prep time is that it doesn't help too much that, like, the greatest threats that he would have to beat with prep time to give him, like, that feat have almost comical weaknesses. Like, Superman is allergic to a rock, so allergic that he'll die. Wonder Woman literally holds the lasso of truth, which could just be used on her. All, all these characters are just like, oh, well, they have this one thing just around that I can just bonk them with and they lose, so. This, he literally has foolproof methods to to take out all the Justice League members. 
uh... Yeah, yeah. This is the entire plot lines around that. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, his method for taking out Superman is a gun with kryptonite in it. But, like, if all it would take is for Superman to not, to, like, just snap one day and go, you know what, I'm fucking killing that guy. Not give him any prep time. Not let him get his fucking magic gun out. Just run up and just dead. God. I that, mean, like, he tried to do that. So bad. He tried to do that in Justice League, or not in Justice League. He tried to do that in uh, Injustice, and it didn't work. I don't. But I just feel like you need to like write a, a plot hole for Batman to be able to. Never mind. Never mind. That's that's that's, that's the that's I was while trying to get ready for this. I was reading some things that like. I think that's just a flaw with like comic book writing, and I make it me have people that really like comics be upset about that. But like, too many characters are beyond godlike beings to ever lose. That like, I don't think I could read some of these some of these characters' Superman. comics because Superman, like, Superman man. gets a bad rap for that, but he actually does have some pretty fucking great comics. Um, I know, and like for for some of them, like Superman, as, it's he's. Sorry, you go on. There you go. I was I was just gonna say that like it's I know that like for some of them like Superman, it's this more personal conflict of like gotta always do the right thing, but like it's hard to do that when I could just sneeze and absolutely level a city. But it's still just like you can't have characters that overpowered. Unless the that's the entire world, and then that's just like normal people at that point. Like, it has to, there has to be some other other balance. Yeah, I I think they wrote themselves into a corner when they invented Superman back in like nineteen forty one or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you give a man all of the power, how are you gonna like set up the, uh, something for him to fight against? You know what I mean? Well, well, like when he start- great villains. Yeah, I mean, he's like, and it's villains. and it's always the ones that are like dark side, or like yeah, uh, a- Armageddon, that that is literally like tangential, either an actual god or somebody that is tangentially related to Superman and made to fuck Superman up. Well, I'll tell you what, my arm is about to get in a paper shredder. <laughs> Anyways, I, I let you know, like let's. I I don't mean to drag us away from from your topic, Nick. I I apologize. Oh, I was, don't worry. I was enjoying this. I was encouraging it, even. Okay, I I just didn't want to like, you know, I didn't want to step on here. I enjoy when we can just kind of bullshit, you know. Right. But we will. You will move on to the next character, who is Zaytana. She's a okay. magician. She's a wizard. She's an a illusion wizard. wizard. <laughs> She's an illusion wizard. Okay. Done. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fair. Does she have magic? <laughs> Doesn't she have a magic word? What's her magic word? No, Fucking no, Abraka Daniel. She, she just says whatever she wants to happen backwards. And, and like, oh, is that what it is? Yeah. So if she if she's like piss your if she wants you to piss your pants she wouldn't say piss your pants she'd say piss your pants backwards. That's, that's wag. That's not fucking wag. Ir- Ir- Roy Sip. I think, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, <laughs> this is my favorite one. This is why I think of it. 
I'm pretty sure the in the the video that's like Batman's list of how to take out the Justice League, he has like a section that's like smaller members of the Justice League, and I think the Tanas was literally just like punch from the throat. <laughs> <laughs> that's so fucking funny like like for black canary it was literally like tear gas or using a recording of her voice back at her to like counteract her attack and it's like zatanna punch her in the throat <laughs> just disable breathing and talking and life honestly just crumple that shit just Alright, so here's the, this next one is the, the character that I was kind of talking about. It's like, specifically the one that I had that thought about, like, man, some of these characters are just ridiculously overpowered for no reason. That's Dr. Fate! Dr. Fate? Dr. Fate. This man is the magical, mystical, uh, like, he legit is brought in when shit's going really wrong, like, oh no, Superman can't do this, Batman can't figure this out, Zaytana's not magical enough, bring in Dr. Fate, cause this guy is God. Yeah, he can, like, alter reality, cause of his stupid magic hat or whatever. Yeah, so, he, like, his so, whole, like, his big chrome my bed. No, I, I was just gonna say that, like, he, he can, he can only do it, like, sometimes right like that's his thing well like it kind of depends on the person who is dr fate like there have been times where dr fate has been split into two people and they have to like come together to form dr fate or something like that i'm i'm not 100 percent on this lore so forgive me like this guy this guy's only this powerful with all these artifacts so the big one is the helmet of fate and that is literally just like that artifact alone is like bam you're practically god have fun buddy um the other one is like a the amulet of anubis uh <laughs> it just kind of like th this dude was given three magical artifacts since the helmet of fate the amulet of anubis and the cloak of destiny and these artifacts alone are just ridiculously powerful, but then combined, it's like, oh, you could rewrite reality, summon your ancestral spirits, uh, fucking have a whole different universe in your pocket, be immune or at least resistant to magic. And then he also has shit like the Orb of Natu Nabu. Uh, the Globes of Power, the Staff of Power, which is an actual D&D item, by the way. I don't know if it's, like, specifically, like, this one, but, like, there's an item called the Staff of Power in D&D, and it's a really fucking good staff, worthy of being called Staff of Power. It does sound a little dirty. Uh, <laughs> Take a look at my Staff of Power. Uh, really quick, speaking of uh, th this one's specifically for Tyler. Here you go, buddy. Uh, there's a there's a Wonder what? Woman with the helmet of fate. There you go, pal. There you go. The buff Wonder Woman thing you were talking about the one day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> she looks really funny with the helmet on. She does look a bit funny with the helmet on. Uh. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know why they designed her. Too buff. Anyways, 
Uh, sorry, you said Helmet of Fate. My mind immediately went to that. Go ahead. Don't don't worry. Um. So as I was as I was reading through some of the info about these characters, specifically this one, I noticed that it said that with the Helmet of Fate, Doctor Fate. Holy shit! Take a shot every time I say Fate. Just during this segment of my topic. Uh, I do that every episode. <laughs> um, apparently, he is belonging to the sorcerer class of characters. I don't know what that means. Probably just like people who use magic in the DC universe, right? Yeah, I, th- I think pretty much any like any magic, magic users kind of sort of magic like, users are considered sorcerers in um in like comic books. That's why it, it's like how Doctor Strange is the Sorcerer Supreme. I um, get okay. I get it. Instead of being called wizards, they're called sorcerers. Okay, good thing you said that because I'm also gonna make this guy a wizard. I was debating sorcerer, but there's no sorcerer subclass powerful enough for this. However, give me a moment. Wait, I don't even. It's the divination subclass. He's divination. Why? Because it's ridiculously busted, overpowered. Yeah, that's fair. That does that's, yeah, fair. <laughs> oh, wait, where is it? There it is. School of Divination. Uh, this is, like, specifically um, one of the two most powerful uh, wizard subclasses. The other is the Chronergy Mage, which is the Time Wizard. But this, I feel, can be a... I feel like this one can be a bit more powerful because it gives you more control over how you're gonna fuck your DM. Because uh, you get things where you can um, roll d20s at the start of each day, and then you just save those rolls, and then you can just give it to anybody at any time. Like, oh, I rolled a natural 20 here, that's really lucky. Oh, you just rolled a nat 1 on your death saving throw, causing you to die? No, you didn't. Get back up, you're at 1 HP. Smack on the butt. Get out there, champ. Yeah, they're 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 a little bit overpowered. Um, and then and then there's the the third eye thing, which gives you dark vision. Everything has dark vision. You can see into the ethereal plane, read any language, see any invisible creatures, and you just you get you just and being a wizard, you just get so many spells that like you can kind of emulate the powers of Doctor Fate. The only issue is that you don't have, like, armor proficiency, so you couldn't actually wear a helmet. Um, I mean, if you if you just say it's like a funny wizard hat. You know, that's fair. That works. I'm all about, I'm all about flavor here. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a wizard's hat that's made out of metal. It goes on your face instead of, you know. Yeah. A wizard hat. Oh, some random fun facts that I've I've come across is that apparently, uh, I'm pretty sure this is an actual chimp, not de- detective chimp. Yep, it's a monkey. He has worn the helmet of fate. Superman has worn the helmet of fate, and Batman has ro- worn the helmet of fate. Congratulations, you now know that. Okay, you just mentioned detective chimp, and I need to talk about this thing I saw on Twitter <laughs> real quick that's related to comic books. Um, there's an episode of one of the CW shows where Gorilla Grodd goes back in time to kill Barack Obama. Oh my god. 
It's it's literally a clip of Gorilla Grodd busting into a college dorm room being like, Barack Obama. <laughs> oh my god. To kill a young Barack Obama. And before you ask, Tyler, is that just like a meme? No, that's real. It is 100% real. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my that's it. fucking just god. To, just wanted to express that while we were talking about comic book gorillas. Comic book monkey. Comic book monk. Monk. Well, the next character is not a monk. I'm so sorry to disappoint you, for it is Aquaman. I had a little bit of trouble with this at first, but I have come to the conclusion that he is a paladin. Oh, interesting. You know what? Uh, I wasn't thinking this one, but I think paladin is right. Especially... Thank, thanks to the beloved Matt Mercer creating my favorite paladin subclass, he is an Oath of the Open Seas, which specifically gives him, like, the storm magic and, like, ability to control water and things like that. Um, I don't know exactly, I, I'd have to go through and look at all the spells again. I don't know exactly how he'd be able to talk to fish, but, you know, something could be worked out there. Alright, yeah, okay, fair. Um, maybe, okay, so you know how, like, 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 you know, chronic, chronic bloodline, like, somebody had to fuck a dragon at some point, right? I see where you, I, I see. What if one of his ancestors fucked a fish? Like, like, we can say it was a cool fish, like a shark. It's a cool fish. <laughs> this, it this, was a sperm whale. <laughs> no! You're not a fish! You're not a fish! It's close enough! They're mammals. They're mammals. Close enough. I think a fish enough. A swordfish, yo. <laughs> what that nose do? <laughs> what that nose? Um. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on how much or how little I like this. I'm just going to say sure. That means you like guys. <laughs> uh, and then the, the fifth and final one I chose from my... Oh, I kind of know about them out of the literal sea of Justice League characters. Like, guys, there's so many. Yeah. There's way too many. It's Billy Baxter. It's Shazam. Shazam! We are not going to lie. I chose this one because I wanted one that uh, kind of stumped me a little bit. Um, But I have an idea for it. I just want to ask you guys, what do you think Shazam would be? Uh... What Shazam? That's a great question. The dungeon master, I guess. That's the only, the <laughs> only thing. He is, he is the dungeon master. Billy Baxter is the dungeon master. Okay, well, my two thoughts. You're going to have to bear with me for this first one. I know the second one is probably going to be better. But uh, some sort of class of druid. However, not one that's like focused on nature and in the land. But the point of druid. 
Yeah, but some of them get, like, alternative wild shapes, you know? Like, some of them can become more mushroomy and fungal. There's one of the stars where they can become, like, a celestial pattern. Per I don't know. It's, it's pretty nifty in the, the mind's eye, though. Um, though, not gonna lie, looking at these subclasses, there's not a whole lot that works really well for subclass-wise. Um, but I, my, my thought process was that it could have been something like Circle of Stars or something like that, where instead of just turning into, like, a deer, they, uh, like, almost augment themselves and become, like, a different humanoid entity, which is kind of like what Billy does to become Shazam. Right. So that one's... That one's not too great. We'll, we'll ignore that one for now. This next one, though, is a Storm Sorcerer. I mean, like, I, I feel like that pretty much explains itself, because you get the ability to fly around on the winds. You can summon lightning and shit. And you may not be a physical tank like Shazam. Like, we came across this with um, Superman before, where, like, Characters that are so broad and have both physical super strength and super speed and can breathe really cold while also having, like, these magical abilities, like, being like, oh, I can summon the storms from the sky. It makes it kind of hard to put into a D&D &D character, because, like, the idea of a D&D &D character is that you are good at the thing you're good at. You're, like, you're, you're a person who is pursued this aspect of your life to become really good at summoning storms down and dealing with magic, but, you know, probably is not the most physical of fighters. You can get around this with, like, multi-classing. Like, I personally do really enjoy, like, uh, like, battle mages. Like, I like being able to be physical while also having some magic, but, like, it gets, it can be a bit hard because when you do that, you're not going to be on the level like some of these comic book characters. You're going to be worse at each of those categories, much like my paladin sorcerer. Like he's a he can be a damn good character. He can he can heal. He can uh, fight and hit things hard. He can use magic, but when compared with a full on sorcerer at the same level, he's not going to be pulling out the same magical power. Comparing him with this uh, paladin or a fighter at the same level, he's not going to be putting out as much melee damage. And same thing with the heels, put a cleric next to him or even a fucking bard, and it's not going to be this. It's not going to be as much. So I mean, I guess like he, he's not as much as like. Like a Superman, you know what I mean? And he's not like as, as, as smart as a lot of characters, if we could say that, yeah? Okay. Just kind of squint at it a little bit. <laughs> well, that's what I'm going with. I'm like, I'm focusing on like his, his like, uh, like the lightning abilities. The thing that like I see when I think of Shazam. Or is like him summoning bolts of lightning down and like doing electro punches and shit like that. Well, yeah, that's, when you said that, uh, my first thought was like, oh yeah, he does like 
does like get the the lightning thing going. Yeah, that is a, a motif for him. That's all right. Yeah, I, I get it. I see. So like, if do, we if we wanted to play, oh, what's up, Tyler? My bad. I don't want. Do Paladin is Paladin have any lightning skills spells? Oh, like magic things that he can use. Oh, the open seas, what baby. I'm thinking of, what I'm thinking of right now is Shazam's power comes from gods. Like he is, he comes, he gets his power from the gods. That is true. Which reminds me of a paladin. Paladins are also strong fighters, which Shazam is. Shazam's a very physical fighter, and and paladins can use spells, like not many, but they can use some. So I'm thinking that like paladin, what I'm thinking. Uh, it, all right. Well, I'm going to pr- uh, propose something that we've done for. One or two other characters in the past times I've done this, but we could multi-class, and I may be called out by anybody listening that knows of my character, but do a paladin sorcerer, oath of open seas, but instead of what I I did with the draconic uh, bloodline, do storm sorcerer, so that it like really melds together in a way that like you're really this storm-based physical fighter. Or we could just make him Aquaman again and make him Oath of Open Seas because, like, it kind of fits. Uh, yeah. They should just make a new D&D class called the Aquaman class. <laughs> Aquaman. Oath of Open Aquaman. Oath of Open Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, that swordfish opened up his answer. No! <laughs> <laughs> Sperm whale. The beluga, bro. The beluga, bro. bro. (laughs) Okay, what what if what if instead of like, what if instead of one of those fish, we get like a football fish? You don't know what football fish is? Google it. If you're driving in the car listening to this, pull over right now. (laughs) Google it. If you're on the highway, just stop dead. It'll be (laughs) Google it. Don't do don't do that. Don't do that. This fish reminds me of the fish that chased around, um, uh, fuck, Dory and what's his name? Oh, uh, Merlin in Finding Nemo. I don't think it's Marlin, that's it. I was gonna say, I don't think it's the, the wizard guy. The wizard? The the wizard from Athorian lore? (laughs) 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 He's just swimming around, can't breathe, he's being crushed by pressure. But he's just there. Just hanging out, you know. <laughs> you know, he he saw the lady of the lake and said, I want what she's having, but upgraded. I'm the wizard of the sea. Lord of the sea. No, that's just Aquaman again. Fuck. Fuck. Maybe, 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 Mer- maybe, uh, Merlin is Aquaman's ancestor. Maybe he's the one that fucked the fish. Oh, no! Shit! The through line. We've dug too deep. We know too much. We're gonna be taken out. Yeah, the rest of the government is gonna shut down the love bot. No. Big Nook is gonna silence him. No! Not the Big Nook! Money-grubbing bastards back to take me for all I'm worth. Which is five pennies and a crisp, uh, 
piece of gum. Fresh five. This is what it's like to chew five gum. Hold <laughs> <laughs> microphone close and whisper that in the microphone. That'll be funny, right? How it feels to chew five gum. gum. <laughs> I love that beat. Tyler both just were like, yes. But all right, yeah, that's the that's the five I've got, guys. This was this was partially inspired because I know D really wanted to talk more about the Green Arrow and really get him slotted into being a D and D character. Um, I, what's up? I watched full four seasons of Arrow so we could have this conversation. I hope you know that. <laughs> and it was only good in seasons one and two. Damn. So, <laughs> Sacrifice two seasons of your whole life for that. I sacrificed eight. I watched all the house. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, Nick, we thank you guys for your sacrifice. For the, I'm going to plant the seeds for the next time you uh, you think about doing a topic like this. Next time we can totally do the Teen Titans. <sighs> That's crispy there right there. There are literally five of them, which is the exact amount you picked here. We we talking about like the Teen Titans OG animated show, right? Yeah, yeah, we're talking about like the the most the most well known base team, which is Robin, Starfire, Raven, Beast Boy, Cyborg. T E E N T I T A N S Teen. Yeah, Titans. yeah, you could you could say Terra too if you wanted to. I was just keeping it to five because that's the number Nick chose here. Yeah, but yeah, if you wanted to say she could answer. Five yeah, is yeah, not an nice even, even number, number, actually. Yeah, it's a nice even number. <laughs> Why is an honorary even number? Sorry. Yeah, it gets the pass, honestly. Yeah. Every other time it gets to it, so like we'll we'll slide on that pass. Just like we've got an honorary fourth member of the show who's afraid to talk. John Podcast. John Podcast. Yeah, yeah John Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that right, John? Yeah, he's just shy. Nah, he's, he's a little shy. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get to know him eventually. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's but that's it for me, guys. I'm I'm all done up. Um, John podcast only talks on the pilot that we lost. <laughs> <laughs> he was so de- he was so depressed about it that he just he couldn't do it anymore. He had to just, just sit in and listen. Doesn't talk. <laughs> oh, geez. what a podcast, lads! Definitely is a podcast. That's for sure. And speaking of podcasts, do want to say if you guys are liking what we're doing, or if you're not, I mean, like, be honest with us. Give us a rate or review or something. Uh, we have a Twitter or an X. We've been Norded. Like, yeah, we do have an X. Consider engaging if there. If you're listening and there's like, you're like, man, these guys are great, but something ain't it. Comment somewhere and, and tell us. We might not listen, but like we'll have yeah, it and we could discuss and like see yeah, see where we go. Just add us. Just, yeah, yeah, just add uh, government love at me. Yeah, <laughs> just get, yeah. just add government love bot on uh, X, if you will. Um, and uh, we will definitely take into account uh, all sorts of different kinds of feedback. And uh, if you have any questions, I mean, we have that opening of the show where we just do random topics. We could always answer one or two questions if you guys wanted to send in questions real quick. Um, yeah. You know, whatever, whatever you guys want to, uh, want to do. We, we love the engagement. So 
Yeah, and, and like I tend to when making getting the episodes posted, I tend to go through and have some sort of question or poll, at least on Spotify, because that's like I we use Anchor to post, so it's like goes to Spotify then everywhere else. But like there you could you could answer a poll, answer one of our questions, you know, whatever whatever you do, it does help us a little bit and will help us as we're figuring out this whole podcast thing. We're twenty episodes in, but this is still the first time we've ever done anything like this. So it all helps. I think we're actually closer to oh, don't don't tell me that. <laughs> pretty, pretty sure, dude. Sorry. This is actually episode four hundred. It feels I, like it is. <laughs> it is yeah, blink, and it's like we've been here for yeah, four we years. Record, we record these in bulk. You're gonna you're gonna see this in the 2025. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, with that being said, I don't have anything else. Do y'all? Um, no. No. Well, good night, everybody. Bye. Don't forget to polish your government love bots. It's got to keep me from saying the cursed line. I do have to keep you from saying it. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody.